Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. So um, basically the beginning, normally the way the format would work is there's like a, a like check-in. I know that's a term that's... A check-in question? About it's not a question. It's not a question. It's not a question. <laughs> Just a check-in and then, uh, then it moves on to, under normal circumstances, it would be like, where are you in your life? And then the next thing would be after all that's done, like specific philosophical questions. Okay. But in this case, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Instead, we'll do the check-in and then like, you know, where are you today in your life in general? But then instead of the philosophical questions, we'll do the co-op questions, which are philosophical in nature. Basically, yeah. 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 All right. So what's going on these days? Uh I uh, just graduated um, nice. uh, or like I finished my exams. I don't know if I like technically graduate until I get my diploma. So you're going to, you graduated even though this was the winter. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. not witchcraft. You can graduate any quarter. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to like walk during certain ones, but I'm not going to walk because that ceremony is like, not to like crap on anybody who like enjoyed the ceremony or was a part of it. Like, I just don't think that's something I wanted. Yeah. And I don't really have family out here that I could bring that to. So um, and it's mostly, it would be mostly for them and not yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, I've been doing pretty good. I think this last quarter was like a real push. This is the first time I took anything under 18 units. Okay. My first time like ever in the quarter system, but it was still like a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, I think I just, what's your major again? I study uh, restoration ecology and wildlife bio. Okay. Um, and then I, I'm making a little transition away from that and back to like my roots. I, I used to work in like agriculture and livestock, yeah. uh, before coming to university. And then, um, I'm going to take a job. I'm taking a job at a farm and then sticking with my university job with the uh, fish conservation for mm -hmm. a little bit. But I want to fully transition back to that because I think it's just a good way to like get in touch with my roots and how I started getting into like conserving the environment and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been pretty nice. I feel, I feel radiant after not having to do exams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm so far removed from the world of wildlife and ecology and biology that a lot, even the, the differences between the two jobs or the two career paths that you've described seem like pretty similar to me. Yeah. They are very intersectional with, yeah. with, you know, the right intentions, like intersectionality. Yeah. Like you, that's actually a, in my view, a more accurate use of <laughs> the term intersection yes. as a math guy. Yeah. yeah sure. But anyhow, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think, um, what really got me into it was like systems thinking and ecology, like, and then versus, uh, um, specific like goals for like species conservation. It's like very like, detailed towards a certain aspect of that system um and like for someone like me i need to be able to like integrate those two approaches to get the best management outcome for like what people want from a site or like to restore it to its natural state um and like in the current kind of like disturbance regime that we have or like in a climate change scenario like how do you do that yeah um so it's like always a balancing of that stuff and honestly that thing can get kind of overwhelming especially when there's not a whole lot of funding out mm -hmm. there for what you do and your your research and all that relies on grants like yeah. i just needed a break after five years of it you know that grind is rough <laughs> yeah and then your new the work that you're interested in going toward um it's it's more grassroots it sounds like it's yeah. not it's definitely not research if it's not grant based there there is some um agroecology stuff that they're doing they're doing like a pollinator study with the university that i might help on because i'd know some invertebrate stuff um but yeah, that would be some aspect of it that's there. And then the farm is kind of like a, it's Cloverleaf Farms. Uh, they operate on like the Collins Farm thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, I wouldn't say crop sharing kind of deal, but like they're, they're leasing the land for their operation. 
and uh mm. they have like an orchard they they're trying to make like um like secondary consumer products like i don't know we, we talked about making a chad which is like pickled uh spiced um vegetable stuff or like okay. you know jellies and jams and it's like horizontally managed hmm. um, so it's kind of like a co-op also yeah i feel like i'm a glutton for punishment with that situation but uh, i just wanted to have like my own kind of input in the workplace that i was in um, yeah i didn't really feel like i got that a lot at my job at the university mm. so. yeah that's not a bad thing to want some control yeah yeah especially like when in your field like it's all old white guys that dominate the field of thinking and like it's more about reconciliation and re than restoration like there's some things you can't bring back to a certain baseline mm -hmm. and a lot of those people that i've worked with uh i I feel frustrated with because they operate under the paradigm like, no, we can still fix it. And it is beyond a point of repair in some cases and our money would be better used doing some things rather than others. Mm -hmm. um, or just like, you know, the bottom up kind of thing isn't yeah. like a thing there. So um, the, that's what really attracted me about that job opportunity specifically. Mm. Yeah. That's a really cool. I'm glad you're moving forward. For me, I, I'm in a weird spot because I just started um, Davis last quarter. Yeah, I know. And then uh, this quarter was, in my view, it was like the first serious quarter that I had. And I, f I feel good, but I didn't take that many units and credits. So I, I'm taking a lot more next quarter. Yeah. And that'll also be, I, I'm still testing the waters. I don't know, really know where I stand. Mm -hmm. But um, some good news I just got on Friday is that uh, I will most likely be continuing in engineering, I was really nice. considering okay. uh, switching to statistics because of the physics series. I yeah. didn't want to retake the whole thing. I've already taken it before at another school. They're making you do nine all over again? Well, now they probably won't. Okay. But so I yeah. suspected that they, they would make me retake nine because I had a lot of um, engineering credits that I got all the paperwork done for. Right. So. And I sent it in and they basically only gave me credit for like one out of 30 or something crazy. But then... It turned out it was just a s slow system thing. Yeah. Okay. I actually That's have good. most of, like a lot of upper divisions are done that nice. I thought I was going to have to redo. All right. So, and the only reason why I didn't submit the physics stuff was because it was going so slow that I just started considering like, okay, everything I'm looking at right now, it looks like I'm looking at like four years. Uh -huh. So with that time frame, one year of classes, it really isn't all that big of a deal. I see. Um, and, you know, stats, I already tutored stats for a while. I generally am biased toward math versus any other STEM thing. Um, so I thought, you know what? Maybe I should just fuck around and do stats. Because I <laughs> yeah. came in here for, me, for an EE major, but it looks like I'm basically a freshman right now. But the new analysis has me as like a junior. Yeah. you. So it's, you, it's, I'm in a good spot. That's how it should have been, man. That's silly yeah. that they... It just took so long. I, I came here over the summer, and I tried to get all this stuff handled before I even started school, but it turns out if you're coming as a transfer, you're not really a true student until yes, the first day until of school. until the first day of school. So right. it, it didn't really help me out that much, but it, that, there's good news. I heard some good news on Friday. So, right. yeah. yeah, that's where that's I'm fantastic. going. Um, how'd you get started with the co-ops? Because you're the OG, as far as I'm concerned, of co-ops. <laughs> And what was the whole thing? What were you looking forward to? What did you expect? You were a youngling. You were naive, I'm guessing. I was young and naive for sure. I was like 21, I think, when I first moved into Pierce. Um, yeah, I, I'd i been traveling a lot. Like I, I did like a fellowship out of the country before coming here. And Oh, by the like way, wait, wait. I should say 
co-ops is in cooperative housing living situation. Yes. I guess that there is no proper introduction. The co-ops means a specific way of living. Yeah. Where you're living in a community and people share a lot of stuff. Right. It's okay. just a communal living space. Communal in living. This, in this context. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I had been, I felt like I was moving around a lot and then I uh, went to school in De Anza and like uh, lived in San Jose and stuff and I didn't really feel like I had like a way to like plant roots mm -hmm. and, and uh, I was just like kind of living on my own and uh, trying to make a lot of money so I could like put myself into school and all that stuff and uh, like my parents support was like on and off and like I really needed to be like self-reliant but I it got pretty lonely you know yeah. and like people in the in the bay can be kind of weird um, I think like I didn't have a whole lot of friends there and a lot of it was because I'm like a country boy from Pennsylvania um, uh. and my mannerisms are a little different like I think people were like weirded out by some of the slang I use and like I had a I guess I have a little bit of a twang not as much anymore I think but like um, not at all I don't think yeah not now but back then I think like they're like who's this Indian motherfucker that's talking like a hillbilly like <laughs> I was like all right man I'm sorry um so yeah I wanted to do cooperative housing because I thought it'd be a really great way to like um learn how to like be a more social person mm. and to like learn how to be vulnerable with other people like it was part of it was like a step I wanted to take in terms of like reframing my masculinity a little bit and like how I was socialized to interact with people and then part of it was also just like genuine desire to like want to learn about other people and like live in a space where I can like uh, learn about them and from them and exchange uh, in like more meaningful ways than I think like a frat or like a sports team would mm. um, and I think I got that for the most part but there was a lot of other things along the way um, that uh, let you know, their learning experiences but they're not the most ideal just because like you know consensus is hard in a communal living space and like sometimes yeah. people bring things dealing with the voting yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not only that, I think a lot of it is just like the house culture. Like what are the community values of the place you're living in and what kind of, uh, modus operandi do people have when they interact with one another can like people who set the tone for that, uh, sometimes are like very outspoken and speak over a lot of people. And I think having a, a, a more working background before coming here made me realize like, you know, you have to check your ego because like when you go from like the little bubble that is your community to like uh, another big place and you have a communal living space where you weren't like in a space like that before, you have to be very mindful of your actions and your thoughts and words, uh, even, even your thoughts. Um, uh, and then you'll be charged with thought crime. Yes. <laughs> Precisely, <laughs> yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's kind of frustrating um, in that sense, but yeah, I think a lot of the problems that I had in the space stemmed from like people like not feeling comfortable checking other people's like um, the, the problematic things that they would do or like the way of thinking that like it just was like so serious and there was no way to like critique the system in a way that was like helpful to like the parties that were involved. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot of the aspects of like having a garden and being able to tend chickens again. Um, <laughs> I love my chickens. My girls are so good. I thought um, you were doing the bees. Yeah, I, I did some apiculture stuff. Like, I'm not uh, very good with bees, and I did more, like, traditional stuff where, like, you'd have an open flame for a smoker mm -hmm. and all that. Um, but mostly it was my buddy Derek and uh, one of my coworkers uh, that I work with now still, uh, Priscilla. Um, she's gone now, but um, she really helped set up someone else to take care of them. And, yeah, that was – most of my job was, like, 
the the crop aspect of like the garden and uh managing the chickens and uh yeah it was basically like the main reason i went was like because of the space it's so gorgeous and it is being able to have a garden was like a cool thing that i wanted as well yeah yeah it is cool too for you because i mean the outdoorsy trajectory of your life being able to actually deal with chickens on a regular basis yeah it's probably it's probably rare if you're in a city you don't oh, yeah. get to have a chicken yeah. um but also social social stuff yes yeah yeah we threw some pretty cool bangers um i i also really felt like i got into like a really good headspace about hosting parties like we would do we had like a afro latinx party that went really well we had like a halloween party that raised money for puerto rico like a, a lot of our par- parties that me and my buddy leland hosted um or like you know attempted to put together with other people's help too was like centered around a cause um and i was like that's so dope like people yeah. are having a great time having good drinks having like an awesome like dance uh experience and like a, a set with like djs and stuff yeah. um and being able to contribute to something like that is like really nice um and those are like my most fond memories of the place for sure is like all the awesome parties we were able to throw mm-hmm. in such a beautiful space too yeah and that was the first co-op yeah that was pierce um there's three co-ops in that area that make up the tri-co-ops and mm-hmm. the tri-co-ops are part of like the broader uh solar community housing association that operates in davis they're like mm-hmm. the the term that's frequently used is like the co-op of co-ops it's like an umbrella kind of thing it's like a corporation yeah <laughs> almost <laughs> yeah i i worked in like a more corporate like nonprofit before coming here too mm-hmm. and i remember like uh really enjoying also the sense of like um autonomy i had and like the decision making process at a larger level like i could go to board meetings if i wanted to i could like be on the board as a member and uh, help be a part of the decision making process and that was like really fascinating to me like i wanted to be able to engage with my living space and how i'm how people like i am and other people are living in that living space versus like paying rent in an apartment like you don't really it's not very yeah. a negotiable thing so yeah the amount it, it seems like within the co-op from my little experience you can really ramp up your participation where you can be you can make really big decisions mm-hmm. or at least be a part of a team that makes big decisions yeah i think the hard thing for in those scenarios is like establishing establishing like the base amount of labor that needs to be done for you to like contribute enough um to the space um where like people um feel like they're being uh fairly treated you know like yeah uh i remember being really frustrated about like Uh, and this is kind of like a petty thing but like i knew a lot of people that just like didn't work and like only went to school and then Mm -hmm. they didn't put in like any kind of like effort into like creating a better living space or even just like picking up their dishes like basic stuff you know and that can that can like wear on you a little bit but that's usually like the minor stuff and that you just have to put up with in like living in a space like that yeah you know which responsibility is uh always held up what's that (laughs) actually not with sliding scale but paying rent no way. The the, the the capitalistic thing is the one thing that's seriously, uh, everyone has to be on top of it. Yeah. There are true. some programs that I've heard of. But yeah. Rent assistance. Yeah. They, they started Otherwise, the rent assistance scholarship in my first year. Nice. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah. I think that didn't really happen as much in the tries. Uh, I think people were usually pretty good about paying rent. But I do remember there was a lot of weirdness the first year because like, a lot of people that lived there weren't low income and like we were like marketed for lack of a better word as like low income housing for people because it, it it is like more affordable yeah than it's, your it's normal nice. prices around davis 
Um, and they had like, you know, that was factored into like uh, community funds for like parties and uh, tools for the garden. And then like um, uh, staples for the house, like to buy rice or spices and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought it was a pretty awesome deal. And I was like, uh, not sure what my finances would look like. Like I didn't get the scholarships yeah. that I wanted. And like, uh, I was like kind of low on funds and, uh, I eventually like through my job, I was, I felt like I didn't have as much of a need for low income housing, but I remember it was like danced around so much because people were like kind of ashamed of like claiming that space, even yeah. though like they just wanted that experience, I guess, mm-hmm. more so than like the need of it. Um, so that was, that was another interesting facet of it in my first year. Yeah, it's sticky because it seems like a lot of different goals are being pursued simultaneously. And sometimes they don't all overlap. So the best case scenario is if you have two things that you're looking for, that you find someone who has both of those. Yes. Right. But then sometimes it's just one, sometimes it's just the other. And uh, like, what if someone is low income, but they leave the dishes? for instance so or someone's very they have a high income but they're from a marginalized group and they do all the dishes yeah then you know it's there's a lot to weigh out there's several different dimensions and factors and if you don't have a clear system for dealing with all of them it's better to just prioritize one and do it well yeah i i think like uh when it comes to that kind of game like uh it's it's like hard because some people hide behind their identity or their victimhood when it comes to stuff like that identity is one of the topics that you know, I, I, matter of fact, l- let me try to smooth into these topics. Actually, I'll give you a brief background too sure. on my history because I think uh, it's important to know um, that you know a little bit about this. But my interest in the co-ops, as of right now, is, is it's a direct result of like some recent issues that have popped up. Sure. So, but they're still, and also because of my experience, mm-hmm. I actually have some time under my belt living at the dome. So I actually have formulated opinions and I have things and I hope that if they're wrong or the, the flaws in them, that you'll be able to expose them in a way that isn't really possible in an environment where like what you have to say depends on who you are. Right. So okay. hopefully you just say these are shitty ideas because they're shitty. You know what I mean? Rather <laughs> yeah, than I'm you. silenced and then I just can't discuss any of these problems bubbling around in my mind. Hmm. So one of them is democracy. Um, I think as a – oh, I was going to tell you my background. Sorry. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I uh, I went to another school from high school. I went to a school in Alabama actually. So like a oh, country nice. – I know the country twang a little bit, but I don't yeah. remember any of it. So I lost that. Um, and then when I was in my school, I did electrical engineering for three years. Hmm. Third year, uh, I find out I'm bipolar. I have a manic oh. episode. I withdraw from school. I end up going on a crime spree. I'm in jail for over a year, 14 months, Whoa. right? All men, all gang culture, street yeah. culture. I'm like a nerd. I was in school my whole life. You know what I mean? I went for school. I went to school for free the first time. Mm. So uh, it was a black college. The threshold's a little lower you know, yeah. for the scholarships, but you know, <laughs> I, st- I, st- I still have that claim. I went to school for free the first time. Um, so I end up learning all this gang shit, all this pimp shit in jail. I'm, everybody's fucking the most problematic you can imagine. And I'm getting along with people to my surprise. Yeah. There are certain things about respect that I learn. It's all men. So it's like a hyper male culture that I'm in. So then I get out and I live in San Jose and I go to De Anza. And uh, when I get out, I'm living in like halfway houses. So it's places where 
people come from jail or prison to get in there mm-hmm. or places that are like recovery houses where people are coming from the streets like they just use heroin they want to clean up they're alcoholics so the whole time i'm living in a quasi co-op but it's not a safe space by any stretch of the imagination sure. it's like safe in the sense that everyone's going to aa meetings but then we're watching Family Guy and like racial slurs are bouncing off the room, bad comedies bouncing off the every night. I'm like trying to do my calculus homework <laughs> and everyone works construction. Yeah. So this is the environment that I was in right before the domes. I applied to the domes because of your advice, right? Really, I wanted to get into Pierce. Yeah, oh, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> but I checked off the box to the domes. Yeah. I end up getting in the domes. In my application, I say, listen, like I'm... I'm not like a clean slate. Like one of the things I remember writing was I make really offensive rap music. But if I have the chance to explain, you'll understand it's mostly code switching. Mm -hmm. It's not actually that I have like particular beliefs this way or that way. It's more of like, I know how to communicate with people who are going to prison. Why? Because I've lived around people who are all going to prison for yeah. over for 14 months. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a linguistics person, if anything, right. if you really understand who I am. Um, but my main interests are like, I like to write math papers. I like to do this silly art stuff. I like doing podcasts. I like, you know, they're all kind of intellectual things, but I figured out how to make it all work so that... Yeah. I integrated the split self, as they say. Like, yeah, it you get like out a, of, very, a lot of really great interests that would be able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You get out of jail and you're like, I like being a student. Am I going to erase this shit or am I just going to roll with it? And for whatever reason, I decided, hey, I'm going to roll with it. So for me, a large part of that time in San Jose was me figuring out while I was with people who were dealing with methamphetamine, heroin, whatever, while I was going to De Anza, like, how does all of this flow? And one of the ways that I found it's it's very fluid is through art. So that's why I, I continue to make uh, music because it's a it's a format where you can it's you can have the same critical thinking skills that you're using in like a math class, but you can be speaking to people who will never be at a university. So it's kind of a blend of a lot of different worlds. But anyhow, I told him I was problematic from the jump. <laughs> but then but then I said, you know, I, I, I have no interest in offending anybody or fucking with anybody. First quarter goes by. Everything's smooth. But, you know, people were telling me, you need to watch out. You know, um, they started dropping names. They started throwing what? out accusations for... For like, hey, you're, you know, you might be in trouble. You might want to move out. You might want to move out. What? Someone even told me like, hey, um, you can move in with me. It's just the domes might not be the place for you. Man, was that like someone, <laughs> your, one of your dome mates? Was like- this was someone who had just recently left. Oh, my God. So I was like, what? well, the first person that told me was the person who had lived with my old dome mate. And they said, yeah, I just moved out. I live with her. She's crazy. And they said, I mean, I'll just judge based off of whatever I see. And I didn't see anything wrong. So I was like, it's all good. Um, plus, it was the renovated dome. So I was happy there. <laughs> um, but then this quarter came around. And suddenly, things were kind of out of whack. Yeah. Um, there was an incident that had to do with someone moving in, a new applicant. And people had to move domes. And there was a lot of misinformation that I found out later after it already happened. And then uh, the first thing that was like a big deal on the radar that made me think, oh, this is dangerous for me, 
was uh, there was a sexual assault accusation. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I heard about this. Yeah. So the person who lived here in this room, uh, they got kicked out. So I thought, man, so many of the details of this are creepy, but I don't know shit. Yeah. So let me do the neutral thing, which really isn't a neutral thing, mm. but... <laughs> Is this the thing where you sign the paper or whatever? Yeah, I said, let me do the neutral thing and say, listen, if it's possible, now keep in mind, I I, I had a good record. I went to the work parties. I did the, you know, the, the whole shebang. I did the whole shebang. A lot of stuff that I saw I didn't agree with, but I went along with the group because I was learning. It was my yeah. first quarter. But as this new quarter went around, I showed more and more resistance, including in this incident with the housing. And, uh, I thought, you know what? I think I've seen enough to finally see why those people on the first day were warning me, one, about the domes in general, and two, specifically about certain people. Certain people, yeah. So I said, what is the best thing I can do to protect myself while offending almost no one? And I was very wrong about the second half, as as I found out. Yeah. (laughs) But I said, the best thing I can do is take a step back and say, listen... If possible, just give me whatever the whatever whatever you're gonna whatever the worst thing that can happen to me in here is, right? If it if it's the thing if it's the bad standing thing, just give me that now, and I'll just keep doing my thing. But now status change my status, and I won't change anything. So I'll still do the work parties. I'll still do the everything the cook nights. I'll do everything normal. I'll have bad status. No crime, no violation of policy. I'll just be on bad status. Right. You're talking about this in terms of how other people like viewed your energy and like the way you like move through the co-ops or like, is there some kind of penal system in the domes that I'm not aware of? There's a penal system. Oh my God. The penal system is if people decide that you're one of the bad apples, so to speak, then you can't come back for three years. You're banished from the property. What? So the way, but... There's a ha- there's a there's a catch. You can get off of the bad status, the bad list, as I call it. So if they put you on the bad list for any reason, there's a wide number of reasons why they might put you on the bad list. One of which is a sexual assault accusation. Right. If they put you on the bad list, you can get off of the bad list some of the time, depending on what the crime is, depending on how you appeal. <laughs> this sounds like a mock-up of like a fucking kindergarten. Judge Judy show like listen, this is so dumb. Well, this what? is this is the environment that I live in, and What's this is the, the context for fuck? me wanting to get the fuck out. Yeah, man. Was oh because I said, "Listen, cheap rent is dope as fuck. This house with two people and a weird ass egg is dope as fuck. My roommate, dope as fuck. Most of the people who live here, dope as fuck. But the system as a whole." There's problems that are really dangerous for a guy like me. And the number one problem is this. It's not an environment that values evidence-based thinking. Yes. And it's an environment that's actually threatened by reasoning. So I'm a guy who loves reasoning. Yeah. And And I have real dirt, which if it's just a matter of perception... I'm the worst one on the block. I joke and say I'm the worst domey. Yeah. But I've been saying that since day one. This is not connected already to these. already knew. Yeah, this is not connected to these recent, you know, um, things that have gone down. Sure. But I say, listen, I'm the worst domey. They're bringing out the big guns now. Now, here's, here's, what, here's what is in bad taste, but it's good for reasoning. Sexual assault allegations don't involve evidence. 
Yeah. That's yeah. the creepy thing to me. I'm not saying there's ever been a false accusation. I'm saying if it were false on me, no one would know the difference. There's no way of checking for false positives in this system. Yeah. So if you're throwing crimes around and I'm a criminal, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I might be thrown out of my house and there's no double checking anything. That's why it's dangerous. For, that's why I want the change in status. Yeah. Because if I if I just have the low status to begin with, nobody has to attack me. Man, that's such a like bullshit like kind of oh man, yeah, it's like it's like you're it's like a caste thing almost, right? If you have yeah. that status. And then I'm trying to figure out so like maybe, And the status ain't so bad because you can just leave if you can't come yeah. back. If if it's really the type of place where they're going to snake you on that level, you probably don't want to stay. Wanna be there, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so okay, I have a question then. I have a question. If this pro- is it kind of like a probationary thing where you have a certain period where you're on the bad list and if you don't like improve your behavior you're like off and or is it just like i don't or like does it go to like the end of your lease and then after that you're just not invited back or what what how does it work it's it's the end of the lease is the longest you can stay unless you get off the bad list right. okay. now here's what i'm thinking if i have no crime no violation i should be the easiest one to get off the bad list yeah so if it's a just organization there's no harm in getting on the bad list but if it's unjust the harm is you can't come back, but you also don't want to come back to an unjust organization. Mm-hmm. So if you look at all the details, instead of just the surface, you realize it's just a purely rational move. It has nothing to do with anybody. But here's the problem. They reframed it and reinterpreted it to saying I was the most dangerous Shit. dummy, which is not my claim. My claim is I'm the worst dummy. I have the worst record, and I don't care about how you feel if what I'm doing makes sense. Yeah. But then they said, no, what we're, the way we're reading this is you're the most dangerous, Domi, and you're a threat to us. So we're going to vote your ass out. <laughs> so they voted me out. No. Man. I showed up some Friday to a meeting and they said, yeah, everybody wants you to get the fuck out. Jesus. So I said, everybody who? I only know of one person who has a problem with me. And I don't even have a problem with them. I thought we were going to talk it out next week. They said, no, nah, the decision has been made. So what are you going to do? I said, can I at least find out why? What are you going to do? I said, can I at least find out why they voted me out? Yeah. They said, there ain't nothing we could show you. They didn't take notes. They didn't say shit. They just want you to get the fuck out. If you don't know what happened, (laughs) yeah, this this is something I have a very serious problem with, too. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Motherfucker. So, So I said, how about this? No, I'm not leaving. I haven't done anything wrong. I like the house. I know some people are upset. But instead, what I'll do is I'll meet you halfway, which is I won't bother you. I won't bother anybody. I'll just live in my own dome and just treat it like an apartment. Hey, my neighbors don't fuck with me. Guess what? I'm 6'2". I'm a black dude. My neighbors are never going to fuck with me. I can get (laughs) dumb rich. I could be Tiger Woods rich. My neighbors are still going to fucking hate me. So really that is, it's a non-existent threat for me. Yeah. And I feel like that, that definitely like played into all this stuff. Like that person probably, they they said, they use the word threat because they see like. It's easy to imagine me as a threatening person. Yeah. I I started doing deadlifts recently. Nice. Ah, word, (laughs) word. All right. All right. But that was after all this. Yeah, you're gonna get a hench. Now you're gonna be more scary. You're gonna yeah, be I'm about to be a, a monstrosity by the time I move out of here. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I a lot of this stuff is things that have happened to me and other co-opers before too. That like identify as like or, like big 
colored like people of color yeah. um it's just like not or men of color specifically um well you know what's odd they what? i asked to be on bad standing but they didn't put me on bad standing. they just were immediately like they just voted out. me out but voting me out is not the same degree of punishment yeah, it's, not. it's not even clear that i can't return it's possible i might even be able to return here would you want to though Mm, well, my answer is as of right now, okay, I haven't done research on the other housing options in Davis, but as of right now, from a very narrow view, I would say, fuck yeah, I would want to be here. Mm. And the reason is very simple. There's no other house like this anywhere. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet place. <laughs> this is fucking dope. Even if I was with the worst person, I'd still low-key want to be here and figure out a way around it so they didn't try to snake me with an allegation. Yeah. See, man, this this is the kind of thing I, I felt the same way. I was like, Pierce is dope. Like I could I could just not interact with any of these people. I have like uh guys on the rugby team I'm friends with. I can just talk to like people in my major, my coworkers are really yeah. cool. Like it's whatever. Like I'll deal with it. But um I I realize like I think you just you have to like constantly weigh the trade off. Um, yeah. and make it like a regular check-in like is it worth it now is yeah. it like is there something i can do to change this and i kept like you know i had like a very needy girlfriend at the time and like uh i had like you know a, a whole lot of things to balance um on top of like work and school um so i just kept saying like i'm gonna make it work like it's okay it'd be way less convenient for me to like uproot myself yeah. and get out of this living situation than to like make a change within in a system that i've i've familiarized myself with in some ways but like you said, there's not a lot of like evidence based or like reasoning kind of stuff. Like it's just like some people dominate that space and then they leverage their their victimhood, their like lack of privilege or like or their privilege uh, in in ways that are like almost manipulative. Like they're they're like they're not done with the intention of it, but it happens. You know, like I remember having a lot of people that grew up as like single kids in like a really like you know, they, they just got to do what they want and have their way. And only child, you mean? Only child, Same sorry. thing, yeah. same thing, but I'm just trying to translate, yeah. So yeah, that that circumstance or like people like that had uh, a lot of white privilege and I like, you know, it's not stuff that usually bothers me, but like when things become like more of an issue and they're, they're more confrontational, it's uh, it's hard to like dance around the topic because you can't, if you, if you, talk to them directly about it it's like how dare you like i'm always checking my privilege blah 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 and it's like it's that's not what the conversation is about i'm just like uh you know i i just want to say like it's it's a factor in like the way you're interacting with people and the way that they're perceiving you you know like usually this would be like me mediating other little disputes between housemates or whatever because mm. i'm like a pretty i like to stay as neutral and out of people's shit as possible yeah um and yeah, you'd be bad here yeah man you'd this, be dangerous. You, just, you get sucked in man <laughs> You get sucked in. And like, I remember like a lot of things, like there was so much gendered stuff. Like I, uh, I should probably give you a little bit of my background. I don't know if I told you. Mm. Um, I grew up in Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania. Um, there are a lot of like hate groups. Bumblefuck? Bumblefuck. Yes. Wow. Um, it's not you... the actual name of the place, man. It's just like, that's like our place, our name for like the boonies in the East Coast. All right. Um, and yeah, it was like uh, an old steel and mining town that kind of like, their economy collapsed and there's a lot of like meth and opioid addiction and stuff. Mm. Um, and like a lot of, a lot of hate was like circulating in the community. Like, Oh, like uh, we don't have our jobs because of immigrants. Like it's all mm. their fault. Or like, um, you know, just like a, a lot of anti-Semitism and there was like no Jewish people around at all, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. Like how, how are you going to hate people you don't even never even met before? Um, 
which was, I guess, the common theme of it, essentially, because we were also, like, the only people of color in, like, a 50-square-mile radius. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, a weird spot. And I remember having a lot of friends that were, like, you know, they had my back. They were, like, good people, but they were, you know, people I didn't really agree with that much, or I didn't think they were, like, good people, like, in a, in a general sense. They were just the people that were, like, as little of a threat to me and, like, as much of, like, a friend as I could have in that environment. And I, I remember getting shamed for being friends with like Republicans or whatever. And I was like, I didn't care about their ideology. I was just happy they weren't beating the shit out of me for the way I looked. Cause yeah. you know, out there that shit happens. And then people were like, so incredulous. They're like, Oh my God, America's not like that, whatever. And I was like, no, man, you don't know. You, you've only grown up in like yeah. this little bubble in California. And then after the election happened, I think everyone had that reality check. Uh, and I was like, I've been trying to say this shit. Um, and you were saying that people were denying your experience in the co-op? Yeah, it was so whack. I like, I honestly couldn't believe it. And then I remember also being thrown off by like how gendered everything was. It was always about like femmes versus like patriarchy or like, you know, non-binary versus patriarchy kind of stuff. And like uh, I was being constantly checked for like my because I'm like a cishet dude and like I um, I do a lot of like quote unquote manly stuff like i go climbing i do like all these all, all these other like activities and stuff that people typically see as like a masculine thing yeah and i used to get so mad i was like there are girls that play rugby there are girls that climb like there are a lot of bin- non-binary people that do like all these other things and are athletic and all these th- all this stuff and i was just like that should have nothing to do with like how you see me and like how i move in this world in terms of like um what i need to like check myself with because if it's make if it makes me happy and feel more like myself like I shouldn't have to like uh, prostrate myself for like your own needs. Well, the um, question is, what do they want you to do? Stop climbing? Yeah, no, it was more like uh, they wanted me to like take up less and less space or like I, I didn't feel like. Oh, take up less space. So like in a meeting? No, not even in like a meeting. It was like uh, um, I remember like I would be like I'm, I'm I like math a lot, too. I like uh, learning about models and population dynamics and stuff for Mm -hmm. uh, my ecology classes, but they're hard, man. Like, I don't know any coding. So, like, when I was learning how to use R and, like, doing a lot of stats stuff, I was just like, ah, and I would, like, vocalize it while I was doing stuff. Or, like, my friends would yell to me outside, like, hey, Neil, come out. And then I'd yell back and we just, like, you know, swear at each other from out the window and stuff. That would throw people off. It'd be, like, you know, a strong masculine voice, like, coming out like that and swearing is, like, you know, it's triggering or traumatizing mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was so weird because um it's not it wasn't like a kind of trauma like uh abuse or anything like that it was just like this one person was like mad because they'd been like uh bullied in high school for like how skinny they were or yeah. whatever and they were non-binary and it was just like from men that were like that and i was like you know what that's like insanely sensitive and like kind of a silly thing to like be so upset about to the point where like you're telling me like i should be more aware of like how I like I, I'd also talk about stuff like I was like oh my god the women's rugby team just beat like uh New Zealand for the first time they're like undefeated and I was like this is so cool and then people would be like not okay with that and I was they'd like, be upset what? that you were into rugby what yeah especially women's rugby or, that's showing you're kind of progressive no yeah whatever <laughs> I was like just, just usually women's sports are a lot less interesting uh by most people's measure yeah, no, women's rugby is some of the fiercest shit I've ever seen. Oh, like, oh my rugby God. could be, you know, an outlier here. Though. Yeah, it's, uh, no, dude, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really watch any other women's sports. I watch, like, uh, um, a lot of, like, women climbers because I have very poor form. Um, and, like, I've learned that as a beginner, you should learn how to climb more, like, uh, the way most women do because they have much more lower body flexibility and strength. And, like, 
me, I have a lot more upper body stuff, but I fatigue more because of that. So yeah. um, those are like the two sports that I, I watch like women's things with. And like, it's just, it's, yeah, there's, there's differences because of like the style of play and like uh, all that stuff, but it's, it can be just as fierce or even like harder of a sport, yeah. you know, comparatively. What's interesting to me about the, the whole checking privilege thing is a lot of the times it doesn't involve any solution to the problem. Yeah. It's just, uh, unless reflection itself is the solution, in which case, how does someone know whether or not you've already reflected on that? Yeah. And it was these like stupid, like the reaction to it was these stupid fucking microaggressions, like rolling your eyes when like you bring up sports or like, uh, I don't know. And then like uh, people were also like, uh, I think this was only two people and not actually people that lived at Pierce, but they were kind of off put. Like I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. I love uh, the art of drag. I've like uh, attempted to like you know, ex I've, I've experimented with like how I would look in drag and like painting my face and stuff. Um, and like, that was part of me, like on my journey to like, uh, correcting my understanding of my own identity and my masculinity, um, and how I'm socialized and stuff. And for them, it was like, oh, you're just like experimenting with like, um, all this stuff. And like, you're using like labor of like our people. And I was like, our people. Yeah, here's, like, a, here's, a here's, here, here, here's a thing. Here's a comment uh, on that. All right. Here's a comment on that. There's also haters. Yeah. There's also fucking haters. Just because you're enlightened in one way doesn't mean you're not a fucking hater. Here's the difference between a hater and just, you know, a regular person. <laughs> the hater wants somebody to feel bad. That's yeah. the goal. It's not to correct a behavior. If you correct right. a behavior, that, that puts them out of business. They want you to feel bad. They're looking for anything they can find, scrounging. Here's a question. Is it making you happy? Is it making them happy to find a fault in me? Because the way that I view my own happiness is largely what I'm doing. Yeah. So if I, if what I'm doing is hating, why would I do that unless that makes me happy? That's the way that I'm processing it. And I always challenge them, what do you like? You want to hate on me. Okay, that's fine. You can spend your energy hating on me. Yeah. It actually doesn't even bother me. It boosts me up. But what do you like? Why don't you go cook your meal? You're a chef. You got these ingredients. Go cook your meal. You don't have to worry about, I'm cooking lasagna. You don't have to eat my fucking lasagna. You can cook your own shit. Cook yeah. whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Instead of spending your energy hating on me and the shit that I'm doing, do your own shit. Do better shit. You think my shit's weak? Do something better. Yeah. You know was what it, I mean? Was it because you weren't cooking like vegan stuff or whatever? No, I'm were? saying that more as an analogy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, what fair. I'm saying is being a hater in general, I don't understand because I'm too committed to being a chef. Yeah. To really fuck with haters. But, you know, as everybody says, you know, you need haters yeah. <laughs> on some level to to gauge where you stand yeah. at that moment in time. It's frustrating so, when those haters live in the same space you live in, you know. Yeah, but you can kind of just – one of the things that I've had to do a number of times is um, just change what I think about people. I'll be really hopeful and excited and then they'll disappoint me with something and I'll think, okay, is that the rule or is that the exception? Yeah. And if it's the rule, okay, fine. Then that's who you are. Uh, cool. But I'm not going to be fucking with you heavy because if you're not about this, then I'm not going to be talking to you that often. Yeah. And that's it. So I'd rather be around the people who are going to inspire me. If you want to be a hater, okay, be a hater. I'll encourage you not to be. I think there's a better way. There's a <laughs> but if that's what you want your life to be about, hating on me, fine. By all means, go ahead. But that's your loss, not mine, because I'm yeah. still going to do whatever I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, people frame the conversation around like, oh, you're taking up. Like, it's like there's such a limited amount of space and you're like infringing on their ability to be themselves. And it's like, 
Am I though? Like, how you- about there? Well, there's two ways you can bring someone down. If someone's above you or someone's better than you yeah. and you're worse, you can bring them down or you can step your game up yeah. and hating doesn't help you step your game up. That's the problem with it. It's not a real solution because at the end of the day, let's say we're at a meeting mm-hmm. and everyone has ideas in their mind and some people are more comfortable speaking in public, right? This is yeah. a, There's a range of skills. Equality is great, but there's a range of skills in reality for any given activity. Okay, some people are on the high end, some people are on the low end. This person happens to be on the low end. You could say that person's taking up too much space and you would be right in the sense, it, you'd be right... If they were saying bullshit, you know what I mean? If they if they were more confident, but they didn't really have anything to say, and the only reason why they were speaking is because they had the confidence to do so, not because of their message. Yeah. But if they're speaking real shit, and you have real shit in your mind, and the only difference is that they're more confident than you, that doesn't mean they're taking up too much space. The error is on your end. Yeah. You can step your game up. People forget, oh yeah, I can step my game up. People forget they can step their game up. Yeah. Like, how many times have you seen it where someone is at some shitty level? I don't know where it is. Whether they're playing golf, basketball, anything. You can always be better. You know that's an option. Yeah. But it takes work. Yeah. It's much easier to complain about the person who's better than it is to say, let me analyze my dribble. Mm-hmm. Let me practice my layup every weekend for three months. And then check again to see if I'm on the same level. Because if you do that, you're not going to be on the same level. And if you would have done that three months ago, you wouldn't be complaining about somebody else with a better layup. Yeah. It's like that. I think that's a really valid concern when it comes to like being brave enough to like address a conflict you have with the person. It's like you need to be able to be comfortable and address your fears or qualms with somebody or like just a situation head on. You can't like leverage the like if it's something that's so deep and like heart hurtful and harmful to you like that's what a community's for but like you can't use it for every little thing that like pisses you off or like doesn't make you happy in your living space it's just well, there's the so much is, compromise you can you have to like pick your battles man you have to pick your battles and you have to recognize what is the what's the best solution here yeah. not just who do i want to have a conflict with not do who do i want to you know play a political game with but at the end of the day, what's the real solution? If the real solution, let's go back to the taking up too much space. Yeah. If the real solution is monitoring everyone who's taking up a lot of space, that doesn't give that other person confidence to no, speak. It's the monitoring stuff is bullshit. The monitoring, yeah. stopping someone doesn't start the other person. Yeah. You need to do both at least. Yeah. At least. And really, you just need to do one. It's, because... It's- yeah. It's all just like you have to have like dialogue about it or like just an exchange with someone. That's like... How you like? I wanted to go back to a little bit about what you were saying about like elevating and like get up to that level yeah. and stuff. Like, I think the biggest thing that's a problem in these spaces is like the hierarchy systems. That's something that I have a problem with a lot. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I know that I, I have problems with authority. That's just like ingrained in me. It's ingrained in like my ethnic roots and my culture a lot. Like, uh, and like, yeah, just like a lot of the the stories I admire about the world um, and about peoples that have gone through a lot of things is like standing up to like uh authority whether it's even just or unjust it's just like if you as a people have needs that other people aren't addressing like take your stand you know um that's something i did not experience here and i think a lot of the issues revolve around like how hierarchy happens in these spaces where like in like if you go back to like you know maybe more like village or even like tribal cultures and stuff like the hierarchy is based on like 
wisdom, experience, age, and like, you know, different levels of ability. And I think uh, because you're, you're pitted against an environment that uh, can be harmful to you in a lot of ways, if you're not careful or you don't like um, use your community in a way to support one another, um, it's different than like here where like people leverage the community for their, their specific needs in like an egotistic sense when they don't have like a firm sense of their identity as like a part of a whole, you know, like I felt really good about my first year in Pierce because I, I'm like a really experienced farmhand and I know a lot about plants and stuff. And like, that was just kind of like my role, you know? Um, but I think when people saw me swerving out of my lane and like wanting to explore more like discussions about uh, gender and gender identity or like psychology and like spiritual thought, it was like, you know, like, what are you doing here? Like with this, why are you coming out here, like out of the blue with this stuff? And it's just like, I'm, I'm a multifaceted person, you know, like what <laughs> is that what so hard say? to believe? Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't believe you would be exploring things while you're in college yeah. at a co-op. Yeah. What? And it, it, it wasn't what? like, yeah, it wasn't like out a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, sometimes it was like an outright thing. Like someone just be indignant about it and just say it to your face. But a lot of the times it was like subtle things like, uh, you know, I'd hear from like my friends like, oh, like, you know, they, they would say like someone had said that to them, like, oh, I don't fuck with him because I think this and this. And it was just like, do you ever talk to me about it? Like, do you know me? No. And um, that, yeah, that's that's a thinking error right there. Is, you know, judging somebody based on some number of small number of things and then that's it. Yeah. And I think the 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 crux of the issue with the hierarchy thing is like we all kind of need some kind of hierarchy. Like I remember um, I, I, I do a lot of behavioral stuff too with, with wildlife. That's like a very fascinating point of like things, e even with like macroinvertebrates, like I, I usually work with like bugs, um, a little bit more now I've, I've developed a little bit of a fascination with like bottom up stuff. Yeah. Um, and like what I've learned from that is like, you know, there are certain like, you know, every, every, uh, little organism is like a genius in its own way. It's like Darwin mm. had that quote, like it's, they're evolved for a very specific purpose. Um, and they're very good at what they do. Otherwise they wouldn't be what they are. Yeah. Um, and then like, that's something that's like, you know, the, the part of the whole kind of thing. Like, uh, I had an advantage going into the co-ops because I already thought in this like systems process way. Um, and I remember like thinking there's a lot of things that like we miss to make a cohesive culture where like we can have hierarchy in healthy ways. Like dogs, for instance, are very dominated by like, they're, they're, mentality and like social interaction is dominated by hierarchy i remember like working with uh, ranch dogs and stuff i never understood that as a human like mm. the, the incessant need for like an understanding of your place in the social world yeah. and like you know how people use this like alpha beta male like bullshit hierarchy stuff that's not how like we as a species operate there's there isn't like alphas and betas there are like you know or like what, what's the, the ecological term is reproductive skew. But like, I remember like hearing a lot of like nice guys, you know, like the whole nice oh, guy yeah. thing, like, <laughs> oh, like, why are you going to fuck a nasty like jock and you're not going to sleep with like a nice guy like me? Fuck you. You're a bitch. Like, uh, <laughs> I see that position. Yo, man, I've seen that so much <laughs> around here. It's so whack. Yeah. Um, see, that's a great example of another situation where you can step your game up instead of hate. Yes. Um, and then like, there's no, <laughs> when, it's oh, so bad. Bad. I remember the uh, anyhow. Um, yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna say real quick that like in those places, like I think what you were missing in that process, like on top of the evidence based thing, was like there was not a formal formulated process for that conversation to go down, and like no, no one, no one took a leadership role. Like taking a leadership role is not the same thing as like um, taking an authority position. 
mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways there like i know it, it might seem like a semantics kind of thing but it is there is like a discretionary uh purpose to like saying that because when you step up and take responsibility it's different than like putting yourself above others because i have like this kind of knowledge or whatever that's mm-hmm. authority um and i think like a lot of people don't know how to take authority or like use it for their own personal thing or like you know there's like a very like everyone needs to be on the same vibe right so like the people that are most vocal about how displaced they feel by by not being on the same vibe will usually control that you know and like frame the context in which things happen even if there is already a codified method of like dealing with a situation like yours and that's tragic i think that's the biggest underlying fault in like these the university co-ops that i've lived in well the thing about mine is it was designed as a rorschach test yeah so you Sounds kind like of it. saw whatever you wanted to see in it. And the danger was just because that's what people wanted to see in it. There's nothing in there actually about danger. Really, if you if you read it rationally, it was it wasn't even interesting. <laughs> if you read yes. it, if yes. you read it rationally, you would have read, okay, here's someone who we have no evidence against who wants to be punished. Okay, let's just punish him. That's yeah. how I would have read it. I think I've been reflecting a lot on that too. I don't know if like that's something you felt a lot though, is like uh how how much I got sucked into drama here. Like I used to be such a drama free kid. Like my family was already enough to deal with um, mm-hmm. when I was, and like all the other bullshit. Like it's just like, you don't have, you have this many fucks to give. Like, and I, I don't have enough to deal with your tea, your bullshit. Like, yeah. and then like, I remember like after leaving the co-ops, like people spilling the tea on like, oh, this was bad. And like this person did that. And I was like, oh fuck. And then I was like, why do I care? I never used to be like this. Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is nobody knows what goes down. Nobody was there. Nobody's around. So as soon as you start with bold moves based off of weak evidence, that's that's sheep. That's you're just following. You can't be confident based off of some small amount of evidence, period. There's also uh, a really big thing with like um, scientists and like the, the scientific process and like you know, they um, hate on it in the social justice community. Is not, that, not that they I think hate indirectly, on it, they indirectly, do. yeah. Like, so for instance, if you're talking about like you, you want some evidence or proof of concept of like, you know, how do you think this will go down if it's like a futuristic thing or if like it's that thing where it's like a he said, she said situation or like they value whatever. that more than evidence. Yeah. He said, she said. I mean, like, there are certain instances where you, you can't have evidence for things. And like, I get that. It's just like yeah. part of life. But, um, when that's not the case, like in science, you're supposed to create like a very methodological approach to yeah. reach the conclusion that's that you, you not that you want to hear. Like it's not like a bias kind of thing. It's just yeah. you want an outcome that's a, as like close to the truth as possible. So I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, it really takes a lot of people with um, institutional knowledge or like um, really good like uh, conflict solving skills to be able to step back. Um, a little bit and be like okay like we need to understand there are two sides to this uh how do we allow the people that are typically marginalized in the situation to speak up but also let the other person have their say in what happens and like yeah well what's interesting about my case is that one you could have just asked me (laughs) you could have asked me hey this is a rorschach test man what is this supposed to be right second I asked for conflict resolution and they denied it to me before they even voted oh, me right. out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, the domes got really trashy since I've been here. Fuck. I JP, knew. I'm so sorry. I kept sorry. all the emails. I was like, listen, I already know this shit's going downhill. I could see from a mile away the trend has started. All yeah. that shit they were warning me about, I knew it was coming because the way certain details about the last case didn't add up. 
Right. <laughs> to, yeah. to put it lightly. I actually wrote an essay for my UWP class called The Worst Domi, and it's posted on my website. It's I'm under check it out. Bad Matt. It's like eight pages, though. Sorry. But it's cool. I got it's... time on my hands, man. I'm graduating. <laughs> there Fuck you go. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, there's there was a lot of buildup. And I, I had to write a narrative. So there's there has to be a rising action. We're graded based on how well we follow the narrative arc. Mm. If you want to know the real story, just go all the way to the conclusion and then go right. two paragraphs up and just read the bottom. But the rising action is interesting because it shows like the culture has been slowly revealed to me over time and i didn't i wasn't processing it all until i sat down and i wrote it but uh there was another incident that's quite funny so the guy who got thrown out he actually tried to ban someone from the domes after being thrown out no before before okay. before and what happened was i was with them in the garden oh, and man. some chick ran out of the bushes and gave him a hug and then a month a month went by and he said yeah this chick assaulted me and I said, uh, damn, what did she do? That hug was the assault? And he said, you were there. And I was like, oh my. Oh, you're stretching shit. Okay. <laughs> now I see how people get down around here. And then, you know, I, ironically, the same thing ended up happening to him. <laughs> but this is... Oh, God. From the very beginning, I was like, yo, this is not an evidence-based world. Because... They're taking small things and just using them willy-nilly when there are other explanations. Like, how yeah. about you just don't like her? Why don't you just... Or how about you just don't hang out with her? Yeah, and that's that's something people are afraid to admit and be vulnerable <laughs> about. Like, if you don't fuck with someone and you don't have a good reason, it's like, oh, you're a piece of trash then. Like, there's such a black and white thing. Like, people exactly. are afraid of being called out for that. And I think, like, it takes... Like, then you know who the real ones are in that situation. You just have to be brave enough to be like, look, like, things when things went down between us and like i know like there's no like right or wrong in this but like i just don't want this person around like that's yeah. that's what it should have been instead of saying like oh i was assaulted like ban her like yeah just how about this like, if you don't want them around don't invite them yeah it's not like she was begging to <laughs> hang around well the reason why i was even mixed up in it was because i wanted her on the podcast uh, and he told me i don't want you to have her around i said no that's crazy I'm going to have her around. How about this? I'll have her around and she'll be my responsibility. I'll just, you know, chaperone. Yeah. But this is not a dangerous person. Everybody's fucking overreacting. Everybody shut the fuck up, relax, calm down, have a drink, and stop trying to ban each other and just sit down and talk to each other. You know, but, um, you know, that's the way things go. Speaking of talking to each other, let's go on to the philosophical quasi co-op questions. Sure. Okay. So the first one is... It's not, they're not even really questions in this form, I don't think. Okay, democracy versus mob rule. Now, I've heard of mob rule before. Apparently, the founding fathers were afraid of it. At this point, after living in a co-op, I don't think they're different. I think the difference between the two is the individuals voting. I don't think... I, I think democracy is mob rule. It is, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this? Yeah, I think uh, mob rule is kind of like the uh, negative connotation of like people being wrapped up by sentimentalism and like, uh, you know, making poor decisions based on group action. It, in, in ecological theory, it's uh, um, something that can lead to like a, an evolutionary trap where like cues that you had in the past in a, at a baseline condition that the organism was evolved to, to see and like expect, they would make fit, uh, decisions that would increase their fitness because mm -hmm. before it, it used to have a good connotation. But if you see other individuals queuing into something that looks like a similar queue, 
but it's maladaptive. Like it's like an invasive species that's toxic, but yeah. it looks exactly like a native species that's delicious. You start eating it and you die. Then it's like, oh, I have a lot more space to gather resources. I can start expanding my diet a little bit more. And maybe I'll try this thing that looks a little different, but is similar. And then you die. Like it's, it's like the same, yeah. same principle where like you're making a maladaptive decision based on like uh, uh, group systematics. So I think um, in co-ops, a lot of times when you're ruled by the sentimentalism of like other people's feelings and like not wanting to like hurt the uh, person who's claiming like uh, a complaint or like uh, distress or, and I will say claiming victimhood because sometimes like in that instance, I think someone misfairly or like un unfairly, misfairly, what am I saying? Uh, unfairly like took victimhood upon themselves in that circumstance and it was yeah. like highly uncalled for and and that the beauty of that situation it's it's is it's a situation where i actually did see something mm -hmm. so there was a third party who could verify this is the actual act that happened yeah i can't verify how you feel about it but i do know the facts of the situation and i wasn't involved in the situation Whereas in a sexual assault situation, unless they're having public sex, it's very unlikely anyone really knows what happened. So there is no like, hey, wait a minute, I was there. This is the, you know, it was more nuanced than that. That doesn't ever happen. So that's yeah. why it's so scary. But yeah, so mob, it's, it, it's more about going along with the group, which is a great idea most of the time. It's a heuristic that works most of the time. Yeah. But we're socialized to cue into that as humans. Yeah. We're a very social species. And I think... Uh, I, I remember like having my first conflict with democracy uh, after learning more about like um, communalism and communism in uh, my ethnic background um, mm -hmm. and like how our people were like so radically egalitarian before col uh, like colonial initiatives and like um, the like uh, it's, it's like sharing of like um, everything, you know, just because you're all part of like a family of some kind. Um, and, um, a lot of times it like back then it used to necessitate, like it's us versus them. And I think we mm. should be getting to the point where we've evolved beyond that as a civilization. And it's, it's never us against them. But I remember growing up in a place where like, if majority rule had got what they wanted, like my family would be in serious danger. Yeah. And it's not okay. Like, yeah. I think we're like, there is there is like a right and wrong in some things when it comes to treating people fairly and equitably and if a majority of people don't agree with that i think it's still wrong or if, yeah. if they their their decision to not agree with it is wrong you know yeah um so if they're yeah. treating people the way they wouldn't want that treatment if they're just treating them that way because they're an outsider yeah uh banning silencing are these good for problem solving or in which cases are they good for problem solving i think um the the nuances here are less semantic than like the previous question where like um there are certain times or people that like have a lot of serious baggage or issues with like circumstances that have happened between one individual and another or just generally with like a situation that they're put in and in those circumstances like you do need some kind of evidence of like that person really feeling strongly about it they don't have to go into details but they have to be able to explain their reasoning in a way that makes sense to the group and the party involved that has to be a thing whether it's indirectly um or like like person to person or if it's like the someone that you've chosen to speak to that individual or to speak about in like a certain context it doesn't have to be direct but it has to be accurate and it has to convey your your feelings and emotions about it mm -hmm. so um 
in circumstances where like banning or silencing happen, it's just, it's never like no one, if you said that to anybody, they wouldn't agree with it, but it happens in, in co-ops like this, right? Because we, we dehumanize people. Like we're like, I remember being in the social justice, like circles around here and just like being so thrown off by like one person having like a minor issue with like the other person's thought process and being like, Oh, that person's fucking trash. They don't get it. Like that's so lazy to me. It's lazy. It that's exactly this is an this is a fucking university. People should have the values of scholars on some level. You don't gotta be Einstein or anything, but like you should want to be clear with you like with with your own thought process. Yeah. You remember the Milo thing that happened yeah. around here? Yeah. So I don't know it was around here though. Yeah, no, he tried to speak here and there was just a lot of fucking crazy stuff that happened out there. I remember being like adamantly against people not adamantly i'm sorry um i i just remember being against people like protesting it especially yeah. in the way that i knew it was going to go down like people were like we're going to get violent and i was like no Why, <laughs> you're man? feeding into like if yeah you, if and you, he that he was a guy who actually been it is he right or is yeah, that the pronoun Milo, yeah yeah he he was a guy who was pretty i think he was clear about the fact that he wanted things to get crazy as yes. a part of his own marketing That's, I think it's so tragic that people say they study all this stuff and like know all these things and they don't even look at history. Like this is how fascists back in Europe would like, they would leverage this, this antique oh, yeah. to be like, Oh, like look at them. The liberals are the bad. Or I guess they were like the whatever liberal party in those circumstances. But like, um, they would be like, Oh, like we're, we're like a more neutral party. Cause you see how crazy they're acting towards us. We're just talking about things. It's true. And it's like, it's a great point. Yeah, people don't learn from history like that anymore. Um, and I remember being like, I, I'm not okay with this. And then people would be like, oh, but you're like a cishet dude. And like, you've never experienced these kind of things and this kind of discrimination. And I was like, people have wanted to cut my head off for being like another color. Yeah. It's it's almost the same as like, it's, I mean, it's not the same, but the feeling that you get and, mm -hmm. and the threat that's to your person is the same as someone who's gay and they want to cut their head off. Like mm. if the threat is the same, it's just the issue that people take with your identity. Like, why are you trying to pit other people against you for that? And, and Milo's gay, right? Yes. So that should be points in his favor. Right? No, it wasn't. I mean, it, this wasn't an issue with, I don't know why I keep bringing up like LGBT. Well, I brought up but, silencing. Right. And, and then Milo is a great example of silencing because I would say banning makes more sense than silencing most cases. Yeah. Because banning seems to be more about a physical threat. Yes. Whereas silencing, what's the threat? Somebody's going to talk? Just don't listen to him. Yeah. It's not like you had to listen to anybody. Right. Just don't go to his fucking thing. That's another possible response. Yeah. You don't or, like it? Don't go. Yeah. Or just like being I don't able to mediate conversation. Like, or yeah, like, have a decent conversation with him. And then if he's being irrational, walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not an option? Why are you going to bring out the pitchforks? Okay. Truth and sensitivity. Is it ever... Uh, when is there too much truth? <laughs> I recently had an experience where I think too much truth kind of like destabilized me, but it was in a way where like the person that brought it up made me realize that they weren't experiencing the same things they were telling me, right? Like they were kind of hiding their feelings and just like trying to let things go mm -hmm. um, as much, but it was just building up. And then like when the truth came out, it was like just so much of a downpour. I couldn't handle it. Like I, I kind of like lost my shit. I was like, I had been living like this was my reality the whole time and I was feeling so confident and secure with myself and you just brought that crashing down on me. Um, and I think the truth is always important and the truth will always come out in some way, but it needs to be told in a way that's like compassionate and it doesn't have to be in a way that's like 
you can, you have to like you know tread around your words lightly it's just it's all about timing sometimes or it's all about like um having the right person there to help you tell that story and like uh what you were saying like i think storytelling is a really big component of our humanity mm. and um being able to tell a truth through a story and not through like a statement of like several facts is is like the difference between that person understanding you and not and like hating your guts yeah um, so yeah i think um that's a skill that takes a lot of time to build if you've never lived in a communal space before. Yeah. Um, especially if you've never had to really check the way you tell your truth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, it's, I agree with you on the timing point. I think that it's best to not filter the truth except through time. Um, but it is a little bit, one of my gripes is if the argument is that there needs to like you need to not reveal anything that's true that the only way to be sensitive is to distort truth i, I disagree with that in general yeah. i think it's it's actually insensitive in a lot of cases to do that even if, if it seems in the short term to be sensitive all right we kind of touched this but thresholds yeah. harassment and violence now actually violence we haven't touched i this is a new thing for me but apparently there's a there's there are theories going around about there being different types of violence and you can have like an emotional violence and that's so like roughly the same as violence in the normal sense. Have you heard of this emotional violence or any other types of violence? And uh, what's the right threshold? What's okay. And then what's too much if you do know about it? Cause I don't know shit about it. I, I haven't heard about it in a very academic sense. Like I, yeah. I have a feeling for what I think is emotional violence. Um, and how it relates to experiences of trauma. And I think I can extrapolate more from like the psychology of trauma versus like mm. the psychology of fear in that circumstance. But uh, yeah, I think like, I, I also think like I've recently discovered what emotional violence means. Um, and it's, I think um, there's a word in Arabic, like Hajj um, is, is like called, it's, it's considered like the pilgrimage to Mecca, mm -hmm. but it's, also called struggle and there's like an, a similar word in my mother tongue shahid uh which means like literally just sacrifice or to sacrifice mm -hmm. um and they kind of have similar um they they dichotomous roots but similar meanings in the sense that like they, it's it's all about the struggle right so when there is like violence involved in some way it's like the perpetuation of the struggle to the disinterest or like harm of that person or those parties okay um so like when you when you think about um how people deal with trauma um it's inflicted by violence like and trauma is like the aftermath or the echoes and the ghost of that um and i think a lot of the the stuff that happens with violence is is also very time based it's 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 weighed in time so like in the moment when something's happening to you, whether it's like emotional abuse physical abuse or sexual abuse it's it's violence then and then how our body processes and stores it is kind of like the trauma it's like the echoes of that experience being brought up in your day-to-day -day. um so i think there's there's the distinction and i think uh how people internalize it is very different like i never realized that circumstance i was talking about where like that person just brought like their truth to me and it just like crumbled my world around me I thought I had done so much work to get over like the trauma of my background and like all the other things that have happened to me and my past like relationships and all that stuff. Uh, and I was like, 
incapable of like being able to like process my my grief because I it just like set me back so much. I was like, I feel like I haven't done any work for myself after this this instance, and like that was that's something where like uh you you become more sensitive to like violence um, yeah. after that, and you then you have to like build yourself back up to like uh processing it as trauma and then letting the trauma go. Would you date a Trump supporter? No. <laughs> no? I, I uh too much violence. I've now. messed around with like I I haven't really I've only dated like once, seriously. Mm. I I'm mostly just like kind of a slut, uh to be perfectly honest. Um and I Hey that's honorable. You're yeah. a male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I really like my woman. No, I just I think it's like, you know, um I, I, I'm just a really busy guy and like yeah. um, sometimes I don't have time for a committed relationship or like I've been in parts of my life where I'm too vulnerable to like really want to like put myself out there with someone and I'm more comfortable like um, having a lot more casual relationships with people. Um, yeah. It just suits my my personal, emotional and like career-based needs more. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like casual relationships too right now. I feel like I like casual relationships more than i would like more than i've liked being in like serious monogamous relationships so i'm in like a relationship peak anyhow the next thing teaching in the co-ops well i've heard this a lot of times but you know it takes a lot of effort to teach and it's just it shouldn't be the responsibility of the person who knows mm -hmm. to inform the people who don't know. Rather, it should be the responsibility of the people who don't know to somehow learn with the minimal amount of help from those who know. So how does this work? Because this seems to contradict the model of teaching that most people are used yeah. to. Like, all right, let's stick with models. You're a math guy. Like, uh, if you think about the, the learning as a curve of some kind. Um, you don't really know the nature of the curve unless you're given the parameters and the values, right? right. So like, um, if you don't know that, how are you going to know how steep the curve is, right? Mm. Like someone has to tell you the work that needs to be done on your behalf. Um, they don't have to like tell you how to do it. They don't have to explain in detail what it is. Like they don't have to give you the fucking formula of like, yeah. the, the line. They just have to tell you what M is for to find X and stuff. That's just yeah. like basically it. And I think... That's the minimal work that needs to happen. And it doesn't have to come from the person that has the authority or whatever. It can come from a, a, a very like, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's very lazy sometimes for people to cop out when they say like, oh, this is just like, I'm so tired of explaining this or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, it's extremely lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I think it's, it's fair, like, especially with like a lot of my uh, black friends, like they have to explain like. Davis is a lot like Get Out sometimes, man. Mm. Like for real, I've, wow. I've, I've never really had a similar way of like explaining the bouginess and like the uncomfortability of like old white folks towards people that look like you and me. Yeah. Um, except for like, you know, like there, there's this weird level of fetishization and there's also like, you know, um, like a, a very serious threat because if you're not the kind of idea that they expect of you in your head in their head they're like oh you're a threat now um mm. so um yeah i remember like talking a lot about that uh or like pe people just like asking for for emotional labor on like why and like trying to dissect their privilege and like talking to those people and it brought me back to a lot of those conversations i had with with them and being like for for us to exchange that dialogue it was a lot easier than for 
other people to like ask you know for for their their ideas or criticisms on like their behavior or whatever because it's that is exhausting when you're having more of an exchange oh um, i see what you mean yeah, yeah yeah that's that's like another that's one thing and then i think the other thing is like you know um it is it, it's a fair thing to claim like if you try to explain this so many times it gets so aggravating like i remember but you my, should also be much better at it yeah, you should you should get yeah. better at it. You should say, "Hey, go to this resource, read chapter three, do the exercise number seventy four through seventy eight. <laughs> it should be clear. Boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah, yeah I'm used to this question. Boom, because the other side of it is like, "Hey, wait a minute, I've tutored people. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I've tutored statistics to people. I didn't even take the statistics class. I read it for <laughs> dummies book. So if you're telling yeah. me, oh no, nah, this is just too much. I can't explain intersectionality. Like, well." You can, you can. You can deflect by pointing to resources. You don't have yeah, to deflect you can, by dismissing them out of hand. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to for some reason. And the, the trouble with it is if you take laziness as a virtue, just like if you take hating as a virtue, if you take being a victim as a virtue, then it's going to happen more often than it would naturally arise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Naturally, a lot of people would be too lazy to teach, but not every fucking body. Yeah. The only reason why everyone's jumping on the bandwagon is because they think they can they can get some kind of a like communal pat on the back for being yeah. lazy. It's like, dude, why, why reward laziness? Yeah. What's the benefit to us? Especially if you're supposed to be teaching more people. Do you want to maximize the number of people who learn or minimize your own effort? Because those seem to be different objectives to me. Yeah. And you want are. the maximum amount of people to learn. That's not the strategy to go for, bro. Yeah. Period. And that's not coming because of who you are, your identity, who you fucked last week. None of that matters. Just straight up, are you trying to maximize the number of people who learn? Yes or no? Yeah. No? Why not? Yes? Then do all the steps. Yeah. Don't get mad at all the students for not learning. You're a bad teacher. Period. Yeah. The pedagogy. Step your game up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Step your game up. Before you hate on the students, before you want to be a victim from the students, oh, wait, maybe I just can't explain. How come you can never explain one thing, yet you're claiming that you're the fucking boss of all this shit? Yeah. The pedagogy of authority, <laughs> I think. that shit off. Is something that like. <laughs> what the like, fuck are you talking to? Oh, I just can't. I have no energy. How come you, you never got any fucking energy? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's like a big thing is like especially like in when you like designate someone to give you like you give them authority on like a certain thing it's like the way they're going to teach you that that's something that doesn't change things like we're we're all about progressing and making change in our lives to like make the world a better place if if you're like an altruistic not even altruistic if you're just like a human being that wants to do some kind of good in the world that's yeah, like the that's general... their meal that the way I see it that's their meal Mm -hmm. And they're doing a bad job of cooking. If your yeah. meal is you want to empower people, you want to teach people social justice stuff, great. Great. But don't get mad at all the students when you're fucking up your own meal. Yeah. You're fucking it up. <laughs> like, you're the fucking professor, right? Teach. Oh, well, I just can't, you know, I got a thousand and one excuses. Okay, then you're not going to cook the meal then. You're not going to have people who are educated on anything. Yeah, but I will say, like, I get it. Like, I get really tired of having to explain some of this shit. <laughs> but that's and, your, you take responsibility yeah, for that if somebody doesn't get it. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you I don't blame dismiss them. them outright and just call them a piece of shit. Yeah. And just, like... You know, I don't just say like, look it up. I'll be like, oh, like I found a really good resource to explain this. Like, let me say, let me shoot you text um, or like, and like I, some people take offense to being pointed to resources and stuff. And I just be like, do you want me to like show you this thing? Like I thought it was really enlightening for me. And then that's like a good way of, I just like, I, I thought I lacked so many interpersonal skills, um, especially cause like I didn't socialize with people growing up where I did. Yeah. And then I'm like, I come here and I'm like, man, I'm a fucking genius compared to these jackasses. Are you serious right now? <laughs> Well, it's here's basic the, stuff. Here's the thing that, you know, 
if you look far back enough in your history and I do the same, we both can agree. Everyone here is privileged, period. We're all, we all get to, we're one of the lucky fucks that gets to go to a university. Yeah. Period. We're not dead because some racist chopped off our heads when we were kids. I didn't die in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're lucky already. So as soon as people come up with the lazy argument, oh, I just can't do anything. Oh, I'm just so oppressed. I just can't, nothing. I can't do shit. I basically can't do shit. It's like, okay, then don't do shit. Yeah. But don't say that you're the shit and then not do shit. And that's how the Be the shit or don't be the shit. You want to be the shit? Be the shit. Be the dopest social whatever you want to fucking be. Great. Or don't do that. But it's your choice. If you don't put in the work, shut the fuck up. (laughs) If you put in the work, great. You can talk all the shit you want because guess what? That's your meal. I don't even want to do that shit. I just want you to be the best you you can be or stay out of my ear. (laughs) And that's not unreasonable. You don't hear me going around talking about, I I wrote, write poetry almost every day. Do I go give people an ear beating about how I'm a great poet? No. Why? Because I'd rather be writing and I'm not the shit. Yeah. And people will do that. You know, they'll be like, oh, like I, I remember like um, I think like a lot of people are uh, like a lot of men particularly expect like some kind of praise when they do things the right way or whatever. And it's like I think this conversation happens all the time, but it's such a real thing, man. And it's like so fucking weird to like expect to be like patted on the back. It's like, are you a child now? Do you need encouragement to be a decent person? And if um, it's if you're enjoying it, if it's actually fulfilling, then that's the fulfillment. Yeah, right. I mean, it's teaching. I like tutoring statistics, even though I don't didn't take the class, mm. because it's fulfilling when somebody's eyes light up or they understand standard deviation, even though I've been trying to beat it into them for weeks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's that isn't a human experience that I look forward to, and it's 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 refreshing, and it is it brings hope. That is the prize, not some asshole. Oh yeah, good job tutoring, or even the fucking grade. Fuck the grade. I even told this chick she was like, oh yeah, what grade do you think I need an A to get into UCLA? I said, first of all, you're not getting into UCLA. <laughs> Second of all, you're probably gonna get a C at best. Yeah, she ended up getting the A. But the point is, the fulfillment is not the external thing. And how can you... To me, whenever someone is making the claim that they're the shit, where they know what they're talking about, if they're saying things that are not logically consistent, and they're obviously looking for a pat on the back, I'm not fucking with you. And unfortunately, that's a lot of people that I I didn't expect. I expected... You want to know what I expected? (laughs) Coming from the fucking halfway house, people were doing meth. Well, they weren't doing meth. One guy did heroin. Um, is that I expected like a hippie environment where it was all peace and love. And what I found was people were power hungry. Yeah, hippies so are power hungry, like, man. This well, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like here, this not true hippies. It's people who just care about power. There's more of a hipster vibe here than hippies, I would say. Davis is just full of a bunch of weird fuckers. But um, here specifically, the domes... People aren't even about that hippie shit. They're about that fuck you shit. They're yeah, they're like they want to break PC. people down. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you want to break anybody down? I don't understand that. Bro, I'm so sorry I got you into this. Like No, I, it's fine. I thought the domes were so like <laughs> No, 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 no. I love it. I, I like it. Even even as the banished fucking worst yeah. domey, I still like it. I'm just saying that's one of the interesting things that I've over my like two quarter analysis, it's like, man, wait a minute. People really are not on that hippie shit. 
a few people did shrooms at the beginning and they, you know, threw me for a spin. <laughs> but other than that, the peace and love shit comes to an end real quick as soon as they start getting into the pronouns, they start getting into the intersectionality debates. Yeah. And you're like, man, this is all identity in politics, man. It's not really, I don't see much progress coming from this school of thought, but I could be wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope uh, that I'm misjudging everybody's character and I'm the asshole and I fucked everything up and my analysis sucks sadly, and I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But from where I'm standing now, it seems like a whole bunch of people are on some sheep shit yeah. and I'm happy that I'm in the situation I'm in and I get to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm almost, I feel like I've earned it. Yeah, I'm almost <laughs> sad I'm resonating with a lot of the stuff you're saying because that just basically proves it. It's like your analysis is not incorrect. It's kind of true and it's sad. Well, it's evidence-based. Yeah, it's evidence. Speaking of which... Some improvements. Here's what I think. Randomization in the housing. Mm -hmm. I really don't like people choosing who comes in. I think that's sorority shit, and I don't think it's principled. I think you should have everyone who meets the cut, and then it should be completely random from there. What do you think um, as far as choosing new applicants? Because I saw some, some niggas get blocked, and I thought, this is fucking disgusting. Dude, blocking is stupid. Blocking, especially in the case of applications is really fucked up yeah. because for people who don't know blocking is everybody has veto power yeah so when it comes to making big decisions like are we going to buy a new barn it kind of makes a little sense barely yeah but when it comes to housing you're literally saying this person can't live here one person one person can. and everybody and and you know what's fucked up the top three people that the community decided we all wanted all got blocked the top people. It would be one thing if it was the bottom person that wasn't going to make it anyway just off of right. competition alone. These are the people that everybody wanted. One person changes their fate. You can't fucking live here. Why? Because one guy didn't like you. One asshole chick didn't like you. And they don't even have to give a reason why. Yeah. I, I disagree with you on the randomization part of it. But I do yeah. think blocking, blocking is, is just like something that needs to be wielded with a lot more sincerity and like yeah. uh, gravity than I think most people will lend to. Um, and I think uh, there is a way of like deciding applicants where it's not like such a, like, here's what I think. I think the best voting situation that we had was everyone submits their application. We all read it. We give each person one minute to discuss like the pros and cons of it and not to play off other people's ideas. Everyone just says what they need to say. And if someone has an issue and they have to veto, they have to explain it. They have to like you can't just say like I'm vetoing this person. I don't care to explain why. That's you're not allowed to do that. Um, and then if you do, there is if there is a veto, you're allowed to discuss it between one another. And I think the best way to improve on that because this is something that actually happened for like at least a quarter or two, and I was very happy with that. Meetings weren't like three hours long because we weren't debating the merits of like giving this person housing over another person. That's just fucking. This is fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah, you're playing with some people's like lives. And, like, I need to live. Fuck you. <laughs> We're better than you. Fuck you. So I think when you block someone, you should be able to give that person a chance to like, not petition maybe, but just like maybe make amends to the person that like they've wronged in some way or like prove to the community that that's not going to be an issue in some way. But some people feel uncomfortable by that. Like if, if someone gets offended that this is being brought up and they, they're like, just dismiss it. Like, this is not a real thing. Like why... Why are you bringing this up? Like, I think that's something the community has to be brave enough to just take a chance on and be like, look, if you're getting blocked, we have to be able to explain to you that that happened. And you need to be able to explain to us like why you think that was. 
and how you don't think that's going to be a problem. That's, that's the fairest way to do it in my eyes. I agree. Why not randomization? So randomization, I think, takes out like a lot of things. Like now I live in Turtle House, which if y'all don't know, Turtle House is like uh, kind of the quintessential Davis experience out here. Like it is what? a co-op. Um, I, I'm just saying that because I want to rep hard. I, I really like the space a lot. <laughs> is House, it easy to get in? I should apply to Turtle House. Yeah, man. I'm I think you'd blocked. be a good fit there. I think I'll be blocked, um, to be honest. No, I'll do it for fun. No, just you should come around the house with me more and hang out. Like, well, you'll get to meet people and you'll, you'll get to know if you want to stay here. Mm. And come to the parties. I think I invited you to one yeah, or two. Yeah, but at this point, yeah, they're going to have me thrown out. Yeah, man. I'm the worst okay. dummy. You're the worst dummy. <laughs> and I didn't even do anything wrong. Yeah. Well, so here, like Turtle House, I think the the thing that I appreciate the most about the community and the culture there is like everyone has tries to keep it as real as possible. Like there's no bullshit. Like everyone doesn't try and like, you, like, I mean, there are certain times when you like prance around things, but like at, at some point of the process or another, someone will call it out as it is and just like, we'll move on from there. It's like a reset button. That's something I've never experienced in any of the other co-op situations, whether I lived at them or not. And Turtle House is not part of SCHA, but they operate under like similar guiding principles. I think their community values are less solidified because it's a space for like creatives and it is also low-income housing in some ways. Oh, um, it's a space for creatives? Yeah. Like there's so many artists, like musicians and like, uh, there's like people like me, like I'm, I'm more of like a handy person and a gardener. Like there's people like me too that aren't. Like, I, I guess I am a musician, sorry, but there are people that have no musical or artistic talent for lack of a better way of saying it. And they're a part of the space and equally as important and valid to like the culture that exists there. Like, I, I think in that circumstance, uh, everyone feels like loved and connected to one another because of like how genuine your interactions are versus like when that it doesn't exist, you don't really have a sense of your identity. So like, Turtle House supplants the need for like committees and being like responsible for this part of the house and all that stuff by like having a very cohesive social structure. Like you always invite people out to what you're doing and things. And it's like not said that you shouldn't, but it's rude if you don't. Mm. Um, and I think that's like, that's good. That's a really healthy way to live with people and like uh, really get to know them and learn from them um, versus, you know, just like the, the applicant process and like shutting people out or just playing <laughs> to people's sensitivities. It's never yeah. a game that anyone can win. I'll, I, I'm going to go over some housing stuff over this uh, break, but uh, I actually got really good recommendations for Turtle before. Uh, I, I thought you weren't even in Davis, first of all, but yeah. before I, before uh, Sada came to visit, uh, before I learned you were not only in Davis, but in yeah. Turtle. And also that was the first day I ever knew where Turtle House was because I looked it up online and saw a little turtle yeah. and then walked by and then I was like, oh. This is Turtle House. Yeah. I moved in under some very unfortunate circumstances. Like, uh, I kind of blame myself for the predicament that I got myself in. Like, it was, I was not in like a healthy mental state. Yeah. And I made a decision and then, like, I didn't have like a house for a while. And then um, when I applied, like, I had always wanted to live at Turtle. I didn't think it was like the best fit for me. And then after having been there, I felt so accepted, like, for the first time. And uh, really, like, I felt like the, the vibe to like, I wanted to host parties again and I wanted to like, uh, be myself and I wanted to dance. Like there was mm -hmm. just like, it felt great, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, when I was living at Pierce, I think like we talked about, like I, I had some issues with the house. Um, I thought it was worth it because there are ways to like change, um, the way things go and like how they are. Um, and I, I genuinely believed in that potential and I was wrong. Like that mm. ended up not being a thing. And I had to leave because of how 
horrible I thought certain people were. And you know what's funny? Um, the similar thing happened. So like in Pierce, someone got accused of like uh, some really abusive stuff, both like, you know, sexual assault and just like abusing that person um, repeatedly and like trying to silence them or like, you know, like whenever they would show up to like events and stuff, they would like constantly be around them so that they wouldn't like talk shit or talk smack. Oh, and stuff. Wow. It was like really creepy. And that person was the most problematic person in the entire house. Like they, they were the people that played the victim card and like leveraged every situation had a super huge ego and like, um, you know, just like not a very not good person overall, I will say. Yeah. And when that, when we found out all this stuff, this was after I left, I was like, wow, like trash begets trash. Like the people that fucked with this dude are all gone now. Mm. and like they're we all found out they're not very good people and then like this person ended up being like the common link because it's just like you know i i feel like garbage is kind of a magnet sometimes and like that yeah. was like not not to call that person garbage i think like it's just like the the bullshit that they brought to the space kind of it just like attracted you know to yeah. itself. and if if you have really principled people they will expose the people who aren't principled. Yeah. So one of the strategies is you just get a bunch of people who also are just as shady and then everybody seems, it kind of normalizes the bad behavior from a few people. Because as soon as you have one person that says, hey, I don't agree with that. And these are the reasons why I don't agree with that. Then the whole, basically the safest move is to get that person out of there. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to maintain power. Can I defend the randomization? This this is a yeah, I mean I think it should be a step. It should be one step in the process. Sure, yeah. So after the first filter and everybody's qualified, mm -hmm. let's say there's like a a large let's say there are more applicants than spaces. Then uh perhaps the randomization would be a fair way of saying who deserves, you know, whatever space cuz you don't really know these people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the domes this is the case. It's like some outrageous number of applications yeah, for I think, 26 spots. And, and I mean, really, you don't know who's staying, who's leaving, but it might be, it might turn out that there's only seven new spots and everybody renews their lease. So how do you know exactly which one of the best of the best should deserve to go there? Yeah. I think the way you posited it to me um, is, is really healthy. And I think that's just like a matter of preference, like whether or not you, you yeah. would want to include that is like, um, if people are happy with it, that's something I feel like is still fair and like a good way to seek, especially for like such a huge place like this. Like, yeah. um, it's very hard to like meet consensus all the time, 26 times, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, yeah. If, how do you choose the top five out of 500? Yeah. Cause I always still feel weird about like denying someone's space versus another person. It just feels wrong in a lot of ways. It is wrong because we have implicit bias. Yeah. See, this is something. So I took a psychology class this quarter. And one of the things I realized that really solidified my current view of like um, the hippies, the, the fact that it's actually about power through identity more than it is about solving problems related to oppression. Yeah. Um, if you want to solve the problems related to oppression, implicit bias should be at the center of your strategy in my view. Why? What is implicit bias? It's not saying what you think you know about yourself. It's saying this is what you think and you don't even know you think this. Yeah. To me, that's the the mother that is the heart of progress in the next X amount of years when it comes to equality. Is we have to recognize that 
as human beings, we grew up in a particular environment, we're primed, we're manipulated psychologically to such an extent that even when we consciously feel like we've reached a point where, okay, I'm, you know, I'm safe enough for a safe space, which everyone who applied here must think. Well, guess what, bitch? You still have these biases. For instance, you grew up without a dad and you hate men. Did you notice that? Maybe not because you're fucking living in a space where that's confirmed all the yeah. time. But everybody's fucked up in some way, no matter how oppressed you are. In fact, the fact that you're oppressed and traumatized might make it even worse. Yeah. So the biggest thing to me is if you have these biases and you know you have them and you know you don't know them, everybody should start with where they are. Take an implicit bias test. All of your unlearning will be tailored to you. Yeah. The, I think it's not all the same problem. Science isn't perfect. And I think there's, there is a spirituality in science where like um, the biggest things that like philosophical stuff that comes up is like controlling for implicit bias and like yeah. how you do that. Like you can never really control for the bias that. And by the way, just to, just to tie it in, that implicit bias is probably what's driving the application, the application process. And that's why randomization would be better than right. making conscious decisions. Yeah. That's, yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to touch on that. That's, I'm glad you were on the same wavelength. There. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I want the implicit bias rant is really about what the defense of randomization in the process. Yeah. And if you have more diversity of thought, then it's more likely everybody can check each other than if everyone has the same bias. Yeah. In this case, it seems to that's, be a femme bias. That's it's the sorority bullshit, like, yeah. or, or fraternity even. Like if if you're like it's whatever. Yeah, um, I think uh, I am. I am a big fan of um, being able to like solidify how people feel as like how comfortable people feel with like the gender ratio. Like I think if people like feel affirmed by having more people of their similar identity in a space that's a valid argument but it is very important like in a space of growth and knowledge to like be able to uh, check your own paradigm and understanding of like the world by having someone that has different experiences than you um and like having like you know like uh if you were going to say you were creating a femme space you should just say it or if you're trying to create a space for like uh for men and and or non-binary people you should say that and like make that a definitive aspect of like your communal values but um i think like you shouldn't select for people based on like your preferred gender ratio whatever but it's, it's just it's a little it's, worse because we have no choice yeah if um, we're making a selection our implicit bias is uh, is a factor that we can't control but i think as as any good scientist will do in an experiment like you call out the bias you, yeah. you say this is a factor that could uh, affect our estimates of the parameter, right? And then if you're in the context of like explaining for an applicant, you can be like, hey, I have this background. And just briefly say that and be like, I may have a little bit of bias to this, but you know, these are the other reasons why I think this applicant has merit. Um, or you can just say like, I have bias and I think like I'm okay with that bias being a part of the decision-making process. How do other people feel about it? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the responsibility you have to take as uh, as an individual that's operating trying to help people operate as a whole um yeah I, I think it's a lot of it just comes down to responsibility well the good news is there was an engineer who applied and they got the lowest ratings i gave them the highest <laughs> ratings but overall they got the lowest ratings but they didn't block them yeah so i'm like all right that's some progress right there at least they didn't go so far to say you know this person uh should be basically banned before they're ever a resident. Okay. Uh, bu -bu 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 -bu. 
The last thing for improvements is questioning. I think we went over all the rest, but I'll read the whole list. Uh, Evidence-based thinking. Um, we should include social psychology, documentation, questioning and defending, and quality over identity. But the quality over identity, I think, we may have touched on already. Yeah. yeah. And evidence-based thinking already. Um, but the questioning is something that I feel is my biggest. That's how I'm the worst dummy in other people's eyes before I was even thrown out is that I always ask questions and people will fucking hate that. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Why? I remember they were voting on some compost machine. It was like a big debate, a big deal that went on for weeks. And then uh, what happened was someone bought a compost thing and they said, hey, we can use this one that I bought. And they said, no, you didn't ask the group first. So he said, okay, we'll, we'll vote on it. Do they use communal funds to do it? No. Okay. This is so so well, so here's here's where I had an issue. Okay, they decided. Okay, we're gonna vote on it. But here's how they set up the vote. They said, okay, first things first, let's vote whether or not we're not gonna use that compost machine. They said, wait a minute, why would we frame it that way? Why not instead include that compost machine with the other five top options and vote for the best one out of six? Why are we eliminating this before we even get into it? We maybe this is a good one. Well, a couple of weeks ago, they ended up getting some compost machines, and you can guess they were the same ones that the guy had originally bought. Yay! Good job, Domi. With with the, the with the money, or at least now this is a little speculative because at the time I saw them, but I had already been voted out as the worst, as the most dangerous Domi. So I had to hear from third parties that I said, "Well, hopefully they were very different." than the one that the guy bought. Sure. He said, unfortunately, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's pretty much the same one. Yeah. So I said, okay. But I say all that to say, when it comes to questioning, the nature of my question was purely structural. Why would we vote out something before choosing for, instead of choosing from a larger pool? Because now, with my informed way, which hopefully is wrong, informed way of viewing things, from a power perspective, from an identity perspective. Yeah, people that are is the just right offended that this person didn't take exactly. the right protocol. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, the solutions don't even matter. The justice doesn't even matter. Yeah. Only the power, only the identity. So I would say, personally, some amount of randomization would help and some amount of you know cultural shifts, which can be easily implemented, would help. But as of now, let me end on a good note. I think that it's a especially the domes, are the fucking, one of the dopest communities you could ever live in. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the people. It's like mild rule versus democracy. Yeah. If people are on some sheep shit, if they're on some bullshit, then it's unfortunately, there aren't that many safeguards in place to stop that from running amok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like, I hate to say. But it is a dope community. Yeah. You know, I imagine if there were philosophers here, if there were fucking painters here, Instead of people who are interested in power, it would be the best. Well, fucking... is there really like a difference though? Like, aren't those people that explore those avenues of like life and creativity? Yeah, they also have a need for like they can have. They a need can. For that that's stuff. true. Damn. Yeah. So um, no matter what, we're fucked. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's more like <laughs> it's not more like that. I think it's like um, you have to distinguish the person from like the power struggle, right? Yeah. Like. When, when you're, especially like in, in terms of like systems of oppression, which spaces like this can become, um, 
the way that person interfaces with like a space that has like held them back or like put them down in some ways is not the same person that they would be being their genuine self. Like I remember I got so defensive. Uh, not not like I wouldn't like be outwardly defensive if someone accused me of something. I would be I would come across as very rational, but I felt like like the tension would be like ratcheted up yeah. um, because of that. And I never used to be a tense person. I never used to like be involved in like drama and bullshit. Like I felt like I was getting into that more and it was very like unhealthy for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think like at the end of the day, like to question is to be human and you should be able to honor that in a, in a communal living space. If you can't, then are you really a communal living space? Yeah. Are you really? And there's a mistake. There's my bias too getting revealed is that the title of what you do, I'm so interested. I'm so obsessed with doing things, with crafts, with, you know, putting things together that the title of what you do also doesn't say whether or not you're interested in power. Yeah. Except social justice. Warrior. It does kind of t- say that you're interested in power. Politician that yeah. says you're interested in politics. And I think the biggest thing is like community living is messy. It is like uncomfortable. And like you, I think a lot of people need to be more okay with that. Like there's this um, – uh, I'm not a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt because uh, mm-hmm. the whole eugenics and like racist bullshit that he, he used to spout. But like um, – or just like maybe his concept of masculinity, but I will I will say like there is some value you can get from like his philosophy and like the strenuous lifestyle and like how people like how struggle forms better humans. That's just yeah. like part of like even to the point of like uh, catabolic and metabolic reactions and stuff. Like we build bigger muscles by breaking them down first. That's just like yeah. it's built into the nature of living, I think. And like um, maybe I think in civilization people need to be more comfortable more anti-fragile is like that's like an ecological term that's also used and also psychological one i suppose um they need there need to be more like anti-fragility about the uncomfortableness and messiness of it and just like uh i also personally think people should embrace silliness to Mm. like compensate for that just like be aware that this is like a thing and just take it easy be lighthearted about it like live your life um you don't have to live your life with grace you can live it with uh your your own sanity by like understanding that um everything is just like in and out of context and like it it, it's silly or not based off of that i don't know that's good i think it's time for the most important question in the universe question in the universe jump or bump jump or bump what you mean jump or bump uh i'm a big fan of jumping i like i like to jump uh if it's like a hurdle if it's like me dancing or me just like expressing excitedness like i like to jump i like to be proactive and i feel like when you bump to something uh you're just feeling it and like it's cool to like just be like that but i'm embracing a lot like now that i have this freedom of like being a a a young graduated cylinder out here like That's I can right. be, uh, I, I'm not just constrained to volumetric analysis. I can do whatever the fuck I want and I can be happy with like being more proactive about doing the things I want to do instead of like letting a system just force things on me, you know? That's right. It's freeing. <laughs> also, you uh, want to be proactive because you're a cisgendered male, so. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot so about you that. Have to remember that. <laughs> well, that's everything. Thank you for your time. Thanks, and, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the chefs, keep cooking. Yeah, man. <laughs>